Hello, my darling. Hey, sweetie. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. We have another special episode today, so we're going to keep this intro nice and short because this is a juicy... <laughs> what? what? Well, I, I can do it. I la- <laughs> I'm capable. I laugh because uh, I didn't keep it short and juicy. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm laughing at myself. No, you kept it long and juicy. I kept oh, it long. Whoa. What, oh, are, whoa, what are we talking about now? Anyways... So we have another interview with an amazing couple of ALS warriors. In this case, um, Allie is, uh, has ALS, and um, she'll, you'll hear her story. They live in Nashville. She's married to an incredible man named Charles Charlie. So Allie and Charlie, and they have a little one named Asher. Um, we connected with them again on Instagram. I invited her to be on the podcast, and we had another incredible conversation, and this just gives you, um, you know, it's it's two couples talking about couple things and also with the added layer of we happen to be moving through this thing called ALS, which adds a whole other So yeah, it's a casual complexity. conversation. It's a casual conversation, but with people that kind of get what yeah. each of them are going through, even though, and even still, um, each each of our stories is still very unique and we're going through our own unique paths. Indeed. Indeed. So we hope you enjoy Ali and Charlie. Thank you so much for this. We look forward to continuing to connect with you guys and here we go. Hello friends. Welcome to the couple shift. I'm Maria Leandra and I'm Jules and we are a husband and wife team on a mission to shift the way we live our lives and co-create what really matters. We don't always agree, but together we're figuring it out. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. All right. So here we are, Allie and Charlie. Thank you so much for being here with us. It means the world to us. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thank you for having us. Good. Yeah, good. We're, doing, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going on vacation tomorrow. Well, so. Oh, <laughs> It's not a vacation. We're going to visit my parents tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder she's like, it's not a vacation. Let's not get it twisted. That's yeah. We're taking our he's almost two. He's 20 months. He's 20 months old. We're taking him on a plane for his first time ever tomorrow. (gasps) That's exciting. So it's it's the opposite. Yeah, I'm like, this is so stressful to me. The the least relaxing four days. Where 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 are your, your parents where are your parents at? I um I grew up in New York City, and the main reason why we're doing this trip is my grandmother has never met him uh, okay. because he was born right before COVID started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that'll be really special. And he's actually named after her husband, who passed away when my dad was a kid. So I think it's just a, a special moment for our family. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, no. And then Ali's coming. Yeah. <laughs> tagging along oh. i love i love you too already you you're, yeah. you're our kind of people <laughs> oh my gosh um well that's exciting that you guys are going on that adventure where are you guys right Tomorrow? now actually i don't um we're in nashville in nashville okay, oh nice, nice. cool yeah. very cool not nice. too far not too far away um and ali you had a birthday recently so Happy yes, birthday. Yes. Yeah, I'm now 31 as of a couple of weeks ago. I think. Amazing. Oh, amazing. Man, over awesome. that, over that 30. Um, and, uh, cause I, you know, stalk you on Instagram, which is how oh, I, okay. I discovered, <laughs> I discovered you. I'm like, you know, any, anybody who's inspiring, I'm like, yeah. And I know you, you guys were doing an amazing fundraising. Um, just like you've been fundraising for a couple of months for the live like Lou foundation. Right. 
Um, and that's amazing. You surpassed your goal. I know your, your goal was like 10,000 and you went like, yeah. it was like 20 plus, right? Yeah. We actually raised over $22,000 and we set off for $10,000. That's what we, we were hoping that we would get that and then end up doubling that plus some. Yeah. It was a really great experience. I love doing it and I might keep it going. Um, maybe do it again next year, but it was a learning experience and it was really great just to, I wanted to do something tangible to give back to the ALS community other than just advocate using, you know, my voice and my story. I really wanted to do something to help provide a cure, hopefully. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, I'd always be up, I'm not going to speak for Jules, but I'd always be up to support you in, you know, um, putting stuff like that together. And, and I was like, wow, like there should be ways that we should rally, um, so many of us that are younger, right. That are whether, uh, you know, ALS warrior survivors and, you know, our caregivers to just get together and do things that, you know, and hopefully even get connected. Like, wouldn't it be amazing for all of us to just find a physical location? So, you know, soon and be able to just get together and see each other. I mean, you know, we, we can, we can, we can dream, right. With, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things of that com- the community. Um, well, in my experience, I, the community has been, uh, of course, so super supportive. But uh, in the sense of, there's it's hard to find people. Honestly, mm-hmm. there's yeah. not that many of us and people that for um, Jules like he can relate to, and for me relate. as well as yeah. a you know as as a young couple like. Like, so. I mean, my experience, um, I've talked about this already before, but I'll just say it again because it's just it, you you maybe something that you might also feel the same um um talking with like therapists or talking with um therapists that let's say you know like uh um is is a group that i'm working with and they offer therapy as well like like not not just physical therapists but you know therapy for mm-hmm. our heads. emotional therapy emotional yeah. therapists right and mm-hmm. they have a, a a great emotional uh they have a great th- um psychologist there but the thing is the vast majority of their patients are over 50, 60 years old. It's not a, this is not a common disease for us out of a young age. And so our lives are very different for someone who's already had their kids grow up, you know, leave the house, become adults. They lived their life and now they have this, which sucks. No, no, of course, but it's very different. And so to find those connections with others that to find other people like us because even our friends, our family, it's kind of like, what the hell? What is this? Like, it's a little weird. You can't really, really get it. You can't really, really get it. It's happening to you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, We feel the same way. We have a couple, um, they are in their thirties and they also live in Nashville and they're kind of the face behind the live like blue campaign in conjunction with Vanderbilt. So we have seen them, I think a couple of times, but there's someone that we can relate to. Like one time we went over to their house and they had a bunch of outdoor stuff for their kids. And they were talking about how they needed to have a bunch of outdoor stuff. That way everybody else would want to come to them. That way they didn't have to go to everybody else's house. And we were like, yeah, we can definitely relate to like wanting to make our house the central location for people to come. Mm -hmm. So just things like that, that other people wouldn't think about. You do definitely think about it more often. They they filmed a promotional video and one of the scenes in the video, um, so the wife has ALS um, and and she was diagnosed maybe 2018 or so. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it was about three years ago. Um, anyway, in one of the scenes in the video, the husband is putting the wife's hair in a ponytail, um, which is something that like I do every day. And you both see, you just see the look of concentration on his face. Yeah. It's like so hard to do. <laughs> and you see just the look of like utter frustration on her face. Cause she's it's just, just like, I just, I just know that you're not doing it right. And yeah. I just, I think for me as a caretaker, like I could try to explain that to any one of my like friends and just none of them have ever did. Like no. they've never put their wife's hair in a ponytail before. There's no reason why they would know what that's like. You know what I mean? And I'll, so just, just I'll, seeing that was so, yeah. it was so small, but it was so wonderful. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I get so frustrated because she doesn't know how to comb the hair the way I like it too. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just, it's not just, the, you know, yeah, it's got to be harder for women uh, for sure. <laughs> But I can't like. I'm like I like it a certain it. way, and then you but I'm trying to learn way. his way, and sometimes I get close, but most of the time it's like <laughs> wrong answer. Yeah. Um, Super so frustrating. We'd love yeah. to hear a little bit, so uh, also our listeners can get to know you guys. Um, tell us a little bit about your diagnosis story. So I start. I developed symptoms about six years ago at this point, and mine was similar to yours earlier. I was going to, well, I guess my first symptom, it was in my thumb. I started just not being able to type correctly at work. And, um, and then at the same time I was going to the gym and I just stopped being able to, I couldn't even lift a 10 pound weight anymore or work out. Yeah. Um, and so from there it kind of progressed, but it was so slowly that I didn't, I didn't really think anything of it until I also went to an orthopedic surgeon and he said I had carpal tunnel syndrome and, um, Oh, and something wrong with one of my nerves, but nothing to do with ALS. Ulnar neuropathy or something? It was um, ulnar nerve entrapment. Okay. So, yeah, which obviously I never had that. So I did the surgery and the symptoms got incredibly worse after the surgery. Mm. Because then after that, I don't know if my hand had ever been spasming at that point, but after I did the surgery, my hands are just spasming all the time. And then... um, I also had muscle twitching, but I still didn't realize it was anything serious. And so I think I went on for another like six months to a year. I went to go see another orthopedic surgeon. He said I needed to see an EMG. Um, Finally, I went back to the original surgeon and he said, you need to see a neurologist. And at that point, I had started, I realized I was losing motor skills. So I had Googled losing motor skills. And that's when I realized that that is what ALS is. Yeah. And so that's when I started to put two and two together that I've got the twitching, I've got the spasming and I have no pain. And then, so by the time I went to go see the neurologist, I had already had an ALS diagnosis in my head, but they thought that there is no way that I could have that because I was just too young. Um, And they also kept saying MS. They also, yeah, but I I just, I never thought I had MS. Um, Yeah. And that, that's basically, that's what happened for the next few years. Um, I kept searching for a diagnosis. As of today, the progression has never moved out of my arms or hands. So my arms and hands are completely paralyzed, um, but I don't have weakness in any, in any other part of my body. And so we don't, the doctors can't say whether there is one rare variant of ALS called brachial amyotrophic dysplasia, And that's where the weakness will only stay in your arms and hands. But so few people have ever had that, that there's, there's really no research to go off of. So we wow. don't know how long you it actually stays in your arms. We, right. we just really have no idea what's going on. 
or um, some doctors will say it's early onset ALS. They're, they think that it will spread. They just don't know when. It just kind of depends on where, uh, which doctor you talk to. Basically, nobody knows anything. No one knows anything. Yeah. As yeah. you're familiar with, with having ALS. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you just don't know. And it's, what's interesting is that every person I've talked to, um, there was another, there's a, a young guy that I talked to um, here in Miami over the phone and his started in his in lower extremities and his experience was very different. Oh, really? And, yeah. And I think now his, his he's starting, I, as the last time I talked to him, it's been a while because his mindset, a very different mindset. He was already like, yeah, I, I live my life. I don't, and, it, and I was, not, I'm definitely not in that state. Yeah. Um, um, and at that time I definitely wasn't, I mean, I'm, you know, um, things have progressed since the last time I talked to him. I can't drive anymore. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to, it's a lot harder to do stuff. I mean, my wife helps me out with almost everything. So, um, and uh, it's just a very, everybody is different. And so yeah. I think that mm -hmm. contributes to also the difficulty of like figuring out what the hell to do with this. Yeah. Because I, I even heard from my physical therapist that there's also a very rare variant of it where it affects your neck. And so this guy, one of the guys, I think he was like a, in a CEO of some company, I think he was in his fifties. Um, and he just can't hold his head up. Wow. That's the only thing that's affected him it, right now. So it's like, his head's like, he can't hold his head up. It's, I've never heard of that. It, exactly. It, it, he's like, yeah, it's a, one of those super, and I'm like, do you guys know anything? That's what I feel uh, <laughs> like. That's one of the things, one of the things I've always felt the frustrations I've, I've felt with this. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I my, agree. I mean, when I went with Allie to a doctor's appointment, I'd never, like, I mean, I've never been to a neurologist's office before. And I think I was imagining sort of like, this would be like the future of medicine. Like they would be like, you know, using x-rays to look at her brain. And yeah, that would, like, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, it was just so far from that, right? It's like, mm -hmm. try to push my hand. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. And, and the cattle prod for the nerve conduction. You had that. Yeah. Right? That was and the worst. It seems, like, it seems like this is sort of stuff that. Yeah. A hundred years ago, right? Would have been the same thing. And I think it's a, it's like a reminder of so much of medicine is, I think, a miracle and, and is amazing, but also so much of it is still unknown and and, yeah. and like that there's just i just think yeah all the doctors that just are sort of like we just don't know you know what i mean and mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter and it's such an interesting thing where it took how many years again for them to finally say yeah we think it's als oh my gosh so long i mean i had it the first symptom was six years ago i would say it wasn't until maybe I would say a year or two ago that they oh. finally brought up ALS. Finally they, brought All those, they kept throwing out the most random diseases. And I was like, I really just don't think that's what this is. I, I, yeah. I know what this is. I can feel it. What's happening inside oh. my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's one thing that I feel that everybody that we've talked to is that's the common thing. It's either they've were told it was something totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, from even, uh, well, Kate Fagan's, uh, mm -hmm. uh father, mm -hmm. um, they yeah. thought it was, they thought, what was it that they thought it was 
I forget exactly what it was, but the doctor at first was like, oh, everything's fine. Everything looks good. And oh, then he right. performed the physical, like, you know, just like you were saying, push on my hand and the whole thing. And then all of a sudden he changed. He goes, you know And then it was it? like, oh, yeah, this yeah, looks like ALS. And they were like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, she she writes about it in her book. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for me, I, I if anything, I, I I didn't get that experience. It was more of of just waiting of the because of COVID. Um mm-hmm that it was delayed of like something that i've already you know for and it was i guess i'm lucky in the sense that it wasn't years yeah but still i mean it doesn't matter it still sucks <laughs> you that's, know? What, that's what i think about it because i get that a lot some people will say how bad it must be to not have a diagnosis yet and I'm, it, it sucks either way it there's no way. like <laughs> i'm yeah. in this purgatory of like just it being awful so much of i think if you've never had like a serious illness, so much of your experience with medicine is kind of like, like you get tested for strep throat. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like they take a swab, they send it yeah. off and 24 hours later, they say, Hey, you have the flu or you have strep throat. Yeah. Biomarkers. Yeah. It's yeah. just like completely different. There isn't any. Yeah. So and, it, and I think it's like, it's just, if you haven't experienced this, it's so hard to wrap your head around of like, yeah. you could wait six months or you have a doctor saying like, this is a disease that we don't yeah. have a cure for. And, yeah. and that's just so much different than I think. I think that's what also uh, makes it difficult for family and friends to understand yeah. too. Yes. Because there's no like piece of paper that says, I have this and this is why. Um, yeah. It's just like, yeah. well, everything else says it's not this. So it has to be this. Yeah. It's a process yeah. of elimination. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm doing with this, the drug trial that I'm on, um, they, um, I volunteered to do, uh, uh, lumbar punctures, which I don't know if you, have you done, have you done a lumbar puncture? Uh-uh. It's not fun. I know. I, um, I, got, I got out of that. It, it's not fun. It's not, I guess it's, I mean, but at the same time, I don't care. You yeah. know, do whatever you need to do to me. I'll be a lab rat. That's fine. Um, uh, but just a quick little anecdotal story, I guess the last one that I did didn't go well. Um, they couldn't, they couldn't do it. And he's like, I don't want to keep puncturing you basically yeah. <laughs> trying to tap me like a tree or something like for tree sap. Cause that's what basically it kind of is. Yeah. So what they do is they, they inject you with like lidocaine in the area in your lower back, kind of like an epidural. That's where they basically, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they stick a very massive blunt, uh, um, uh, syringe and, try to get into like they just try to move the fibrous tissue around the spinal cord and then they just let it drip until they have enough in a vial and then they take it out and that's it and then you may experience headaches which the first time i did it i definitely had headaches for three days because there's like a little bit of spinal leakage Uh which causes the headaches um and then some pain in the area but this time he tried it a couple times and he was frustrated and he couldn't he couldn't get through so he's like, I don't want to put, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't want to put you to more pain because every time you put the needle in, I felt it, it was yeah. not fun. You're not supposed to feel that, that part. And so I was like, oh, I felt a little, I, I was, I was able to leave and we were fine because it was lidocaine. But once the lidocaine wore it off, oh my God, my lower back, my lower back still bothers me just from oh. that area. I've always had, I also have had lower back pain a lot. Oh. And I think it's because, um, since it's affected my arms and stuff, it's my arms and shoulders, everything is dragging. So I have a lot of neck pain always. It's always tight. And so everything is being pulled down. Um, 
And so that gives me back pain and just, yeah. Yeah. Not I fun. feel the same way. My body aches a lot because of just my, mu- I don't have any muscles to keep. Yes. I, yeah. Everything intact. And so, so the yeah, muscles that you do have are working overtime. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, when you guys like reflect on the, how you've adjusted and come to terms really with what's happening, right? Just, just the shifts in your life. Like, what are the, some of the things that come across as part of, okay, adapting to this new normal that keeps, you know, evolving as well as, as it often does with ALS. Um, but yeah, what are some of the things, what are some of the immediate shifts that you guys experienced as a couple and as a young family coming to terms with, with the diagnosis? I would say for me personally, it's been, um, crossing over the barrier of becoming physically disabled and actually using that word to describe myself. I don't know when, I think when I first started referring to myself as disabled was when I started having to ask strangers in public, um, to help me with things. But when I was finally able to just take on that term, it, it just empowered me to ask strangers for help more often. And that's really what I need. Mm -hmm. And so I think just thinking of ourselves as a person with a disability, I think that's been helpful just knowing that, yeah, one of the members of our family is disabled and might need some extra help when we go do things. Um, That's been like an, uh, Mm -hmm. an adjustment. And then what do you think for like this couple? What do you think? You know, I think it's an interesting question because in some ways, right, it's not like one thing hasn't changed. Everything has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a little bit, I think just as a person, like you're a little bit of the, like the frog in the boiling pot of water where the water is just like getting hotter so slowly that yeah. you you don't always notice. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's, I think one of the, I think two things, like one is I think what's interesting is on the one hand, like the changes in what Allie can and cannot do are like super real and profound, but then it just becomes part of our daily routine to like do these things that they, that you sort of take them for granted really quickly, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like putting a straw in your drink or something, just like mm-hmm. it becomes part of what we do. Yeah. yeah. So I think probably the moment we, we went out, um, it was right before we got, it was right before we got married. We went out to breakfast with another couple. Um, and she and Allie have almost the exact same symptoms where her arms and upper body is, is completely I mean, paralyzed. Much the exact same. Yeah. And, um, and she was, her, her progression was a little bit further along. And she was, taught it for 11 years and it, was, and it stayed in just her arms. It was just the, yeah. And so it was just the first time I had ever seen someone else doing what we're doing, if that makes sense. And so I watched him, like he would cut her food and he would feed her. Her husband. And her husband. Mm-hmm. He was just very aware of her. And it made me, Ali joke, she was like, you're never as nice to me as you are after we see them. Um, but I think it just, it just made me so much more aware of like, mm. What is it like for her? Yeah. And so I think to go back to what you were saying before about community, it's really hard 
to see yourself change. Like, like you, when you change, you don't always notice yourself changing. Yeah. And I think that's one reason why it's so important to see other people because it's so much easier to see other, like to see it in other people and to see it reflected in other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think probably like there are lots of ways in which our lives are different, but there also are like more ways in which we might dog just farted super loud. Oh, that uh, was your that, dog? That, I thought that was like a cell phone buzzing. That was so loud. <laughs> um, that, nice. That's so funny. I'm going to uh, clip that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, just, I think there's lots of ways we've changed, but I feel like it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't always think about those as much. Like it's easy to, it's, you don't always notice them because you're just like, you're trying to get through the day. You just. You know? Yeah. Right. You just, you adapt. Yeah. And so yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I've always described it as like a dance and you're dancing to like a music and a tempo that changes all the time. At least yeah. for us, you know, as we've experienced Jules just progressing and shifting and, and what kind of support he needs from me. And the anticipation of things is often a lot more intense and scary than when we find ourselves in the moment of you're like, okay, now we get to, whether it's he has to ask for some, for help or I get to support him with something, we just kind of like click into, okay, here we go. And yeah. you don't think about it as much, at least for me, I don't think about it as much. I don't dwell in it like, oh my God, this is happening. It's just like, okay, like, yeah. And I have, we, you know, we both have, and as a caregiver, I have, you know, lots of moments when, of course, it's like, this just takes your breath away and thinking of, of just, um, him and, and, and how our, our life has changed and how I wish I could do, you know, more. I feel, I feel pretty good as a, as a caregiver. I feel, I feel no, she does pretty, great. I feel, I don't feel like, um, except when she gets her hair done. No, I'm joking. Except when I take hours at the hairdresser getting rainbow she color took hair. Eight hours. <laughs> took eight hours. Besides that. I think you do you. You, if that makes you feel good. Besides uh, that, I'm always around. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but we have all these moments that can be very tricky, but for the most part, we have found really powerful ways to, communicate with each other and really enjoy each other's company and have a, a um, of course, a, a new kind of intimacy that develops, not just because, you know, we're literally helping each other with things that, you know, are, are very intimate by nature, but there's a closeness. And at least for us, it's been, I'm grateful that we've had, we've had that, um, yeah. I think the, the, um, I go through thresholds is what I call it when I talk to my therapist, um, of in the sense, because it has progressed, like I said, also to my foot and to my left, my left leg. Um, and I go through thresholds where I go through a period where I get used to something, I get used to doing something in a certain way. And then all of a sudden forget that I can't do that anymore that way. And then I have to you know, go through that emotional freaking roller coaster again and be like, okay, all right, I'm, I can handle this now. And then something else happens. At, at least that's been my experience. Um, and that's been, um, it's a constant, it, it's, it's cyclical. It, it, it comes back. Like you think you're okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then 
shit, now I can't do this again. I can't do this. Now this is a little more difficult, you know? So. Yeah. I, I think what you said around like, essentially like when you imagine the things that are coming, that's really hard. And then the thing happens. It is not as bad. Mm-hmm. And then you just sort of do it. And it's kind of like, I don't So anyway, it's sort of like, that's like, it's sort of like self-help 101, right? Like that's, yeah. that's everybody is, is walking around worried about this future they can't control. And I think it's just sort of like our volume is like dialed up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's it a totally very good does. way to put it. Yeah. I, I mean, not uh, something I, I think we, uh, an example that that's not ALS, but it was when you were gone for like a week and a half in, in San Diego and I had to take care of. Yeah. That um, was before. That was before any, I was diagnosed and I was teaching and I, had to, and I, it was just me and my son and he was yeah. an infant. Um, I had to uh, take him to school drop him off, I go to work, I teach, get home, go pick him up, bring him home, feed him, do all that stuff. And she was gone for like a week and a half and I was doing that on my own. If I thought about that before it happened, I would have been like, how the hell am I going to be a single yeah. dad for like a week and a half? You would freak out, you know? Yeah. Um, but when I was in the moment, it was like, well, this is what I got to do. I got to get it done and that's it. And so I think that's what I can, mm-hmm. like, it's yeah yeah we've we've talked about this in the podcast so much in the sense of like it's when you an analogy is like going into a cold pool if you just put a toe in you're gonna pull it out but if you jump in you're in and that's it and it's not that bad so it's one of those things of like you when you're in the moment it doesn't seem that bad when you're thinking about what's next yeah it seems a lot worse yeah and scarier so, I that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can I ask you something? I haven't asked anybody this. Um, this might be a little uh, TMI, but I, I want. Did you have any? Um, how do I say this without sounding I think weird? You're just going to have to say, I'm gonna say it. it. I know what you're going to say. Um, say it. Because it's affecting my arms. Uh-huh. My armpits. The smell change. <laughs> They, they smell bad? They would smell really bad and they changed. And then I, did you ever have any kind of like issue like that? I gotta be, I had to ask. I've always wanted to no, ask. No, I love this question. So Christina, the other, Christina, the girl who has the same disease that I do, she's talked openly about that on her social media. Um, she said that she's unable to use deodorants. And so she gets really worried about how. But she's unable works. because she, why is she unable? Because she had a reaction to their skin? No, or she... I, I don't know. I never asked her. She didn't go into detail about that. Oh, because okay. I've figured out a way to put on my deodorant to wear. I don't know. I don't know what she does. But I figured out a way to be able to put on my deodorant. So, no, I don't think that I, like, smell any differently because I can put them on. But I do understand what you're talking about. My armpits are, like, concave. And it's very hard. I got laser hair removal. I got you for your birthday. Yeah, he got me laser hair yeah, Nice. <laughs> and, but had that well, the, alter- happened, the alternative was I was going to be shaving your armpits for the rest of the day. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they get, um, they get musky in there because oh they're... Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, because I... For me, it changed. I get, I get in there and she, clean those kids and, and put on deodorant, but we noticed that they the odor he never was a guy like I he'd never, always had I, like a regular kind of like yeah, oh, all right i worked never, out yeah i did sports you know but never the, never the kind of um i would wake up and be like oh what what, I, what the hell they've died gotten in there. better though I, they've gotten oh, I better. Totally get what you're saying 
thing. Okay. Yeah. I think it's because my hair is because I get the laser hair removal. But prior to that, yes, I know what you're talking about. And I think it's because we're not moving our arms up and down and stuff. So like they're not getting they're not their aerated. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I I mean I shaved them. Well, I didn't. She okay. shaved. Yeah. She shaved them for me. Um, and uh, that's helped a little bit. And then I had to go see a dermatologist because I was like. I was, the other thing was it got really, really itchy. I know I'm getting a little too personal here, but I had to, um, they got, it got really, really itchy. And so hopefully we, we've nipped it in the bud and we figured out what it is, but it changed. And so I was wondering yeah. if I, it, that's something that I've always <laughs> like those things. Another question. Off limits for me. So ask all the questions. Like, I think it's just, I don't know. I think that's like a good example of the, like on the one hand, right, like the, there are the big things like what you described earlier, right, where it's like we were at uh, Disney World and I was, I was in a wheelchair and yeah. that's like this big thing. Yeah. But it's actually like the little stuff that you deal with all the time, like, hey, my armpits smell different. Like that's, I don't know, like those are the things that nobody prepares yeah. you for. And, no. And uh, shaving. I can't. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I went through a period where I, I shaved. Um, I was shaving my face again and now, well, where I still could a little bit and then it got to a point when I was still doing it and I would look at her and be like, honey, can you, can you shave my face? And it was always the wrong time to ask her. <laughs> it's not her fault. I just always picked the wrong time because that's like, well, I could, the th you, you have to start thinking about the other person and what they're doing at the moment. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, I wanted to do it now. Yeah. But I'm like, oh shit, but I, I have to be understanding. And that, that and, and I think that's so good that you say that. And I think you guys will also like, I can feel you're going to nod your heads. It's that hyper awareness of the other person. I think for both of us, the per like you guys obviously have the, the, the very much the shittier end of the stick here. Um, and then for Charlie and I, it's also this like, like you guys are hyper aware of where we are, what we're doing, what kind of support you need. Is it the right moment to ask? Do you like take a beat and wait until we've done something? Maybe it's taking care of, there's something with the kid going on and it's like, okay. And then for us, it's also that like being aware of, okay, well, of, of what he's going to need, anticipating, you know, that kind of, which is very much an unspoken, almost like a spidey sense yeah. Um, and yeah, sometimes he'll ask me for something and I'm like, all right, the babe, worst time. pause, let me finish what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I'm like in the, I'm like in the midst of this, let me finish this cycle of action and I will be, I will be with you because he'll, he'll catch me like right in the middle of something. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't, I get it. I get it. Um, and yeah. we've, yeah, we figured, we figured it out, but yeah, we keep trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever have it completely. Down. Yeah. Laughter, like, laughter helps. Laughter, laughter helps for sure. like, yeah. Yeah. And just like, it's, yeah. And like you, there's never, I, I just, I think it's like, yeah, it's like, it's that that's the same stuff every couple deals with. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, that's what. Ours just like the volume is so much yes, higher. It's yes. like it's playing all the time. Like it's like people argue about putting the dishes away. Oh, so I see what you're saying. Okay. We don't, we don't have time to have that argument because it's like we're actually just doing that dance the whole like yes. that, that music never stops playing for us. Yeah. Like, 
can you do this? Will you do this? Uh, Not in a bad way. You don't think so? No, I think our relationship is so much different than a lot of my other friends. Yeah. Like, I I don't know, for, for me, a lot of my other friends, no matter if they had a terminal illness or not, would not receive the level of support that they, that I get from you, no matter what. Like, I don't, I just, I think we're in a special circumstance and I don't think that, I don't know. I think that we have to be in tune with each other in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Than oh, I, I, I agree yeah. with that. Um, yes. it, this is not for the faint of heart um, at all um, to handle this kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, yeah. Jesus. But, yeah, I guess what I mean is like part of being a good partner is that like spidey yes. sense. Yeah. It's like yeah, what your partner means, and just the difference is we like don't get to turn it off. Yeah, you know what I mean? no, like, what you said about the volume dial, I've always also described it. It's like hyper real. It's like this. In- let's like we're living this in- this intensity of life, <laughs> like all like crunched in. And what you said about we don't have time to have something like a petty argument, which still happens because hello, married couple, right? Yeah. But since you mentioned your friends, um, and sometimes I'll sit with friends or whatever and um, and they'll complain about things like, I don't know, something that we would have complained about in the past. And I just they would sit there and look at them like, really? <laughs> that's, your, that's your problem? And they sometimes look at me like, oh shit. I'm like, it's okay. I don't want, you know, I, I, it's not about that. But I also just want to be like, wow, um, if, if, you know, if we could bottle this feeling of how precious life is, yeah. movement is, a capability is, yeah. and without having to go through something so crappy, my goodness, <laughs> like, like, imagine the world we would have if people had that awareness yeah. of, oh my gosh, like, Every moment matters. Everything you're able to do with your hands matters. Every, I mean, for both of us, um, I mean, meaning for, for each, um, side of the equation, it's just, yeah. So this like hyper reality and how surreal it is. Do you guys find that it's like very surreal? Like yeah, life is like quantum, like it, it's like time either goes like really fast or also like really slow. It's like this whole, like, yeah, and that's yeah. No, I, I I think of time as a currency now, and it oh, is. Yeah. We don't. We really want. I mean, we really wanted to go out of the country this year because we don't know if that will be an opportunity that we get to have in the next year. Yeah, two three years. It's just like Charlie and I's lives are. We just have to think about time in a different way mm-hmm. than compared oh. to most people, and yeah, I can. I know that you feel the same way that we do and you understand it. Yes. And it's difficult because I think the, your closest friends before all this and your closest and your family members, they don't understand that. At least that's, that's been the experience. Do you guys feel like the same same feeling? Yeah. I think think early in my disease, I think I've gotten kind of used to it now, but I think early in my disease, especially when, I didn't have a husband. I didn't have, I mean, I had a career and I thought my career was going a certain direction. And then when I got this diagnosis, I realized it was going to change to be something that I never anticipated. Right. So I think when I was talking to my friends and they were planning out what their careers were going to be when they were going to have children, everything just like kind of hit me at the same time. And it was like, 
oh, all of these future plans that I was going to put off for two, three, five years is now like, I'm going to do them right now. So I was like, I got to find a husband. I, I want to get pregnant. I, I've got to do all of it like this year because I don't know. I, I just, I still want to do these things. And yeah. so that's kind of how my life has been is like, no, 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 no. I just can't. There's nothing that can be planned. I don't know if I will get to see Asher graduate high school or middle school or anything. So I just, everything has to, yeah, happen. And so with that being said, whenever I would hear my friends um, just planning for their futures, I was like, oh, you're so, for one, you're so lucky. And two, you don't even understand how grateful you are to be able to plan for the future. Yes. And also you, you don't know what could happen. You're, you're planning for all this stuff to be 25 years away when you need to be doing those things right now because you yeah. don't know what's yeah. going to happen. For me, it's it's even the little things. It's even like hearing um, uh, either my brother or a friend of mine or something like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, detail their car or wash their car or, or work on something that they like. I used to love to like I used to love to do things like that. Um, uh, and, and now I can. And and uh, it's so that's one of the hardest things. And plus. The, the the biggest thing that I the 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 thing that always makes me a little emotional, but I try to keep it together, is with my son. Um, I love baseball, and uh, I always look forward just you know playing catch with him. And I've been able to do a little bit of that, but I won't experience. I won't be able to get to experience those moments that I really look forward to. See, it always does it. Uh, it's always hard. Um, I do have some moments that I've got to experience and I understand that it's going to change and I'll find other ways. Um, But uh, the time is now, you know, so I I cherish the moments I have with him to do and the things I get to do with him. But it sucks that when he's like, oh, uh, I want to, you know, he wants to play with the Legos or play with his dinosaurs or whatever. And I'm like, you know, Papo, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't grab it. I can't do that. Uh, or I have to grab it with my foot or something, or I find a way to do it with him. Uh, it sucks. That's the stuff yeah. that I really, it's like, fuck, you know? Yeah. I can relate to you so much there. I mean, just last week, the, over this past weekend, Asher got sick and I can't pick him up. So yeah, you know, obviously yeah. when he's sick, he's going to want to be held the entire time. And so no matter what, like, I, there's nothing I could do for him. Anytime that he saw me, he would just start crying because I'm not who he wanted. He wanted to be with Shirley. He wanted to be with someone that could hold him. Yeah. So I mean, that broke my heart. It was awful. And then like, I totally understand everything you're saying. There's so many times throughout the day where Asher will want something and I just can't give that to him. And it sucks. There's, there's nothing that has prepared me for what it's like to have ALS as a parent and they don't understand. And that's the biggest thing. They're like, what is this? Yeah. You know? So that's like something I've really had to talk to my therapist about as like, Oh yeah. Over those feelings. Cause it's hard. It's yeah. How old is your son? He's four. He's turning 25 in in October. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, especially with little kids, right? Like they get upset it's hard for you to like keep your patience when they're upset oh yeah um and i think it's like i don't know i think ali has said this before but it's like remembering it's like not personal when, when he's like oh that was the very first 
therapy session I ever had. I mean, that's when I started going was because Asher would have these timber tantrums uh, and I did not know how to handle it. I was just like getting triggered from things that have happened to me in the past in the way that it, it really took me talking it out with her to realize that his timber tantrums don't have anything to do with me but I was yeah. feeling like I was getting personally attacked and like he didn't respect me and he's just a child it, it doesn't have anything to do with him just, not respecting they don't, me they don't understand yeah. what's going on yeah 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 and it's a it's a it's a difficult thing yeah um Jesus I know we went a little dark not dark but sad there yeah. but I, one thing I oh, it's part of it it's yeah. part of it right yeah Ali, Ali was there something that you used to do in your house this is a kind of a random question that you used to feel like oh that's what I would always do even if it's something stupid like I don't know vacuum or uh you still vacuum I do still vacuum we got her a little we got her a little dust on <laughs> I always I anyway I do it around but I'm like Ali I, I've been in several serious relationships before and none of the people I was in relationships with had severe physical disabilities, but Allie is more helpful around the house than any of them ever were. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I think you can say that too. Oh, a hundred percent. So I've, 120%. Always. The things you do, the, the way you figure out how to do things will never cease to amaze me. Yeah. It's, it's tr- it like truly is inspiring. It's yeah. like a good reminder of, Big time. How much of it is really will? <laughs> I yeah. But I guess I guess you want to know if there's something that she really like in particular that. What's your question? Yeah. Whether it's in the house or outside of the house. Whatever it is, yeah, that's something that you you used to do all the time, and now it's like, well, either you can't do it or it's drastically changed that you either miss or just in general like just a, a weird not a weird but just a re i think it's kind of back in going back to the the coming to terms thing of mm-hmm. the, the life changing i think that there's a couple of things one of them is i mean i used to uh, really identify as an athlete yeah and so i mean i went to the gym all the time but i think the biggest thing for me was running i would run every single day i mean there's barely a day that went by that i didn't go running Right. And um, I was always training for half marathons. Mm. And that's also a way that I connected with my best friend. Every single time I got off work, I would go meet her at her apartment and we'd go run through the city. Um, you know, and then it got to, I remember us being on a run one day and my arm, I just wasn't able to lift my arm as much anymore. Yeah. And it was the first time that she was like, Allie, I really think you should go see a doctor. I think this could be something more serious. And um and then progressively from there you know obviously I can't I don't have the balance I can't I can't run (laughs) you it's funny because like people would think that I can still run because it's not affecting my legs but you can't and um so that's been something that's been taken away from me and that really really sucks and like just not putting on like I don't really own any like sports bras or Nike clothing anymore because like I don't have a use for those things and so we're like doing yoga. I used to do yoga all the time. It's just like, and that was a huge part of myself that, and also a thing that like people that I meet nowadays just don't know that about me. You don't know that I used to like go work out all the time. And I don't know, I'm just like really cared for my physical health, but obviously you see where that got me. So yeah, I would say that that's. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I used to play, I used to play every sport I, mm-hmm. I would go play basketball i played baseball baseball was my favorite sport since i was a child and um 
you know, flag football. I would, I would always mm-hmm. do these leagues. You'll go bowling, like I'll go bowling, any, all, basketball, do, anything, anything that yeah. involves some sort of net ball, whatever you want to soccer, all of them. I would, I'd love play hockey, whatever. Yeah. I would play it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being outdoors. I mean, there's a reason. I my Instagram name is so stupid, but it was a joke. But it's it's high octane mm-hmm. jewels because I was always the one that's like, let's go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I want to play. I want to do this. Because yeah. I was always, that's how I always was. I was always yeah. ready to do that. I was always down to do those things. Um, and uh, that was a very difficult thing. And also around the house, mm-hmm. I loved cleaning. Mm-hmm. That's my freaking crazy uh, mother. Thank you very much. Um, but <laughs> I loved cleaning. I I would take care of the trash. I would take care of washing the cars and detailing them. Cutting, the, you know, well... Not cutting the grass because we, we always had an apartment until now so when we moved over here. Um, but taking care of those kind of things mm-hmm. always was me. I would always do those things. And I did it as long as I could. But then that's yeah. been uh, not playing the sports, not uh, being able to do those little things. And my wife has never been the, the never enjoyed the cleaning part. <laughs> <laughs> that's been the weird and unfolding clothes. Yeah. And, um, and uh, it's been a... <laughs> Yeah, it's been an adjustment, mm-hmm. uh, but we find ways. But it's it's been an adjustment, and, and it has been. Uh, yeah, no, obviously, I've you know I've taken on a lot of the things that, and and I appreciate even more how you, a tip like the the kind of dynamic we had before was more like I had the corporate job, and so it was like my time of- at the office was, you know, it was like that was kind of our 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 dynamic, and it worked out really well. And, yeah, and. And not a lot. It's interesting because a lot of the physical aspects of that has have changed, but not. Well, I don't know. I think we also we've also gotten closer. We used to be always really, really good together, like a really good united couple. And yeah, now I think we've even been more so. More so than ever before. Yeah, obviously because it's such an intimate thing. I mean, like. Yeah, geez, so she, we understand each other more than yeah. before. We're able to communicate and articulate things to each other better than before. So the things that would have frustrated me back then, you know, or him, I, we've, you know, it just feels, it feels different. I um, think it's also because there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot more, I'm more vulnerable around you in the sense of like. Yes, yes. You, you're everything to me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to be all hallmark, but in in a physical <laughs> sense and also in an emotional sense, obviously. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah. I, I feel like one of the things, maybe you can relate to this as well, but like obviously, like even without a disease, when you have your first kid and become a parent, like that's such a a transformation in every couple and every person's life. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways the fact that that's been happening at the same time as Allie's like dealing with ALS, I think it's just, it's like made, I don't know. It's like, you don't, I don't really like, I wouldn't recognize the person I was three years ago in some ways Mm. and not like in a bad way, but it's just, Mm -hmm. I think it's meant. Yeah. Our our lives are, I mean, even I mean, obviously mine, but yeah, I'm just a completely different person. It's like, and like changing is hard. And I think it's like, it's just, I mean, it goes back to the pool thing. The the line is so bright of what Mm -hmm. life was like three years ago versus today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, it's been amazing, amazing chatting with you guys. I feel like we could go for another. I feel like you have more questions, babe. You yeah. Well, some, I wanted to got some hot questions there. No, I mean, it's just something that, you know, it's fine. If no, I, I to, love it. I love I, it. We don't uh, have to no, put I'm it having fun. You're totally fine. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't got anywhere else to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, so you guys, you said you were trying to plan to go into Europe. You want to. Is there anything else besides going to your mm. your 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 family to show to show your 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 kid um, to your to your grandmother? Right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, is there any other plans like that you want to do? Is there anything that that's Ali? That's like like one of your bucket list things. Have do you have that? Do you have something like that? I honestly no. I don't think that I do. I think that before COVID, I traveled all the time. Um, and we definitely wanted to try to go to another country every, at least every year. Um, so I would say like traveling is when I'm the happiest, just getting to go to different places. Sure. So I would love to get back to that. That would be amazing. But, you know, we just don't know when we're actually going to be able to do that. But I can't think of anything that I really have on my bucket list. I think that I've, I have luckily I lived a very, um, I lived the exact life that I wanted to live before I had this diagnosis. I never said no to anything. And I kind of always lived with the spirit of, you know, you never know when your last day is going to be. So I have already kind of like achieved, not achieved, but I, I've, I never said no to an opportunity. So I don't feel like I'm okay. regretting anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like if I, if, if I die tomorrow, I, I mean, I did a lot of stuff in my life, <laughs> even at only 31. It's also like not to be like super glass half full, but we like, I don't know, like a year ago, basically, I think if you'd asked Ali, like, hey, what do you want to do? She would have probably said, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think we would have been like, is like, I want to be able to like start my blog. I want to be able to like be a person who can help other disabled parents. Mm -hmm. And you're, like you're doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like the thing that you're like, this is. Well, that's the thing I, I was going to say is like things evolve. Um, and what you're, you know, obviously I can't, you know, I can't play catch with my son or um, I don't know go scuba diving in the great barrier reef or something i i know i, I would love to because i'm mm -hmm. i'm big i love nature and i love all those things but um the things have evolved for me in the sense of like okay what is it that i would like to do now because of not because of this but yeah it is kind of because of yeah. this and one of the things and we've talked about it i did like i did like five minutes of stand-up and and uh, that was fun and that was an experience yeah. that i want to do again so, and I'm planning on doing it again, um, but I'm saying, you know, this disease has opened another part of my life is what I'm saying. And I was wondering if there's something else, it, it, it's not the physical world anymore that I'm thinking of. It's more of the other aspects of our lives. Is there something else besides, and I guess it's like you said, maybe the blogging is what it is. Maybe it's, you know, spreading the word about this and, and trying to help other families, or maybe there's something else that you don't even know. No, I think you're totally right. When you frame it that way, um, yeah, definitely a lot more things pop up in my head. I mean, I, I am now, I just had my first class today. Um, there's this thing in Tennessee by the uh, Tennessee Council of 
developmental disabilities. Okay. And basically, it's a class that will go all the way through April, and they um, try to teach and prepare you on how to advocate for yourself to lawmakers. And so that's just some training that I've never gotten. But today I had my first class, and it was so special. And I just got to talk about how passionate I am about parents with disabilities and how I want to start an organization in Tennessee that provides assistance for parents with disabilities. Um, so that's really cool. And I mean, that's kind of what I'm on a mission to do is to do something and like at least have something like that that I can leave behind. Uh, which obviously never all of these things that I'm doing with my advocacy and my blog and my Instagram and things like that. These are things that I had never in a million years thought that I would do, but yeah. I'm so happy this, this disease has opened up this. I used to also work in corporate marketing and I hated my job. I hated working in corporate. And so this disease has now opened up this entire new life to me that I never knew existed. And I also, sorry, one more thing. I also, get the time back in my, in my day. When I was working in corporate marketing, I was working from eight and I also had a one hour commute. So I was working like nine to 10 hours a day. And this is like, I could spend all day with my child if I want. That's the yeah. best thing ever. And that's a lot of things that a lot of people don't get to experience. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know. It's, it's funny. You give that example about stand up, And I've noticed this about Allie. And I just, I mean, this is like the most sincere compliment where I think I've been like, hey, I want to like start a blog for like four years and there's nothing really stopping me from doing it. Does that like, do you know what I mean? It's like, like, it's not like I, when you say like, I want to surf the barrier reef, like yeah, you actually have to like go somewhere to do that. Whereas yeah. I'm like, like there's really nothing that stops me from starting this blog, but right. I keep putting it off. And I just think she's so good about like when she wants to do something there's no like emotional barrier to it, right? Like, so there, there are things you can't do where you're like, I want to go for a run and I can't do that. But when you were like, hey, I want to start my own company, like you just, you did it. And I just think that's, there's so many people that I think wish they could do that. Mm-hmm. And, and they can, but they just don't. Yeah. And so, I don't know, hearing you be like, I only wanted to do stand up and I just did it. Yeah. I think there's, it's, there's it's, so many people are like, I wish I could do yeah. that. And they can't bring themselves to do it. Yeah. Like, and I think it's, I, I think it's a lot to do with the, what we said too earlier about time. Time is, is the most valuable thing that we have. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, there's no, no time like the present. So, you know, it, I know that's the cheesiest, uh, mm-hmm. line, but it's the truth, especially, uh, especially for us and for what we're going through. It's like, you know, what are you thinking about? 10 years you're going to do this? No, you got to do it now. Yeah. yeah. You got to do it now. Yeah. So. I love that. And it is really inspiring. And I always say, you know, and, and Ali, I really admire that you have that like advocacy drive. That's how I feel. That's more of my personality type. Like I think about, okay, well, how do I get to be an advocate and start the organizations? It's not, that's not necessarily his, like, wasn't his you know, I've never been personality from before. I'm more of that, like, you know, She's I'm a, more, a coach. Yeah. I coach entrepreneurs. That's what I do. It's like, and after working in corporate, which I was not my path. And now I'm like, love my job. And, um, but I find it so inspiring that you guys, you know, nobody told you, Hey, go out and inspire people. And if you were to, you know, choose something different, like, of course, but mm-hmm. making, 
you know, making the most out of the situation. And I remember Jules, the first, that first, um, neurologist visit when we walked out and it was like the first, like, besides the hand doctor telling you when we spoke to this guy, we were like walking hand in hand to the car crying. I remember getting home and you said, no matter what happens, I always want to, I want to keep talking about this. I want to be vocal. I don't want to hide anything. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. We will go and share and do and say, like you get to decide. That's one thing that I've always, and, and I commend you for this is that you get to decide how you approach this disease, how, you know, because other people will have their own impressions of how someone is supposed to deal with this kind of trauma in their lives. Let's call it what it is, both from, for you guys and from the caregiver perspective for Charlie and I, and like, screw that. Everybody has their own like idea. And I think they might sometimes project because they're, they're thinking about how would I handle this? And I think that's been disarming for some people when they see how we approach things and they don't quite know like, oh, like, but how? And, and it's all very genuine. And we talk about the hard moments and we also talk about the beautiful moments and we allow all of these feelings to come through, whether it's in the podcast or what we share on social media or whatever. And it's so powerful to to take those filters off for other people because I really think they get to see a reality that most people are just so like immersed in their like default hamster wheel that they don't see the way we can see the world. Like we see the world through a very different lens. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, I think just from talking with, I mean, this goes back to what we were saying earlier. Um, whenever you're just kind of listening to some of your friends who can complain about small things, like I completely understand that everybody, everybody should feel validated in what they're going through or what they're feeling. But yeah, sometimes when the problem just seems so small mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just, and yeah. you're just, I'm just operating on a completely different playing field than, I mean, even my therapist, which I'm sure that you probably received the same comments from your therapist. She'll just say like, wow, you have just a wisdom that a lot of other people don't have because they've never gone through something like this. And it just, it puts you on a different, um, totally. just, yeah, a different mental space. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I mean, we, we, that's one of our one of the best things about our therapist is that he's honest with these like something that from the beginning when we first started with him he didn't understand and and about the disease he didn't understand and so but credit to him how how he mm-hmm. was open and trying to understand and what is the best thing that would help us and and our relationship with him it has evolved because of it so and it's you know yeah it's been great um, in I, that sense, whenever I first reached out to the therapist that I wanted to work with, um, I think that she probably felt a little intimidated at the beginning. And I think sure. our first, yeah, our first consultation, I know, I know that she was a little skeptical on whether she was going to be able to help me or not. And I was like, I just need you to sit there and listen. It's, I'm not, I know you're not going to take away these feelings of what <laughs> I'm going through. And so, yeah, but it, I'm, I'm so happy that I chose the person that I did. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you, are you currently in a, in a trial or are you trying or, and, and 
and and until or unless it moves to my legs, I just don't want to disrupt anything. Okay. Mm. Are you taking anything? If you don't mind me no. asking. Nothing? I was doing the, uh, I'm sure you, I don't know if you, the Simplesia uh, supplements that, uh, it was the Diane Protocol. I was, the it was, her dad was a, she was diagnosed with ALS uh -huh. and her dad was a, either, I think he was an orthopedic surgeon. Okay. And he came up with like a nutrient vitamin system on the, all these different things you take all throughout the day. But, oh. um, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you've, gone the vitamin routes or if you're still on the vitamins but it can get very expensive and then when oh, you're yeah. doing, you just don't know if it's working or not so it's really hard to want to keep giving the money up when we first started when we first started we we're like we want to be proactive that was another frustrating thing i mean i mean um was like what do we do what can we take is there any proactive thing approach that we can that i know there's there's no evidence or very little evidence of change but is there something that we could, you know, mm -hmm. start doing? And it's like one of those like, well, the, here are the two FDA approved drugs, Radicava and uh, Radazol. Uh, here are your prescriptions. And I'm like, um, we need more than that. Like there's yeah. got to be something else. So I was taking a whole mess of supplements too. And then I was just getting, I got sick and tired of all those supplements. I'm taking some still mm -hmm. that I feel that are just good anyways. You know, like simple things like vitamin D and things like that, that are, you know, very important, especially now with COVID and all that crap. Um, yeah. but, um, I'm, um, I'm on currently is uh Rylazol. I'm doing the Rylazol and then the drug trial. Okay. Um, I don't know. You never, you never took Rylazol. I did, you did for one month, but then I got pregnant and they wanted, they didn't want me to take it at the same time I got pregnant and I just never went back on it. Mm. It's not, it's not, um, Side effects wise, I haven't had any ever after like the first month or two for me, except for like numbness in the mouth, which is a little weird for mm -hmm. like the first month. Um, and then the annoying thing is, is like, I can't eat two hours before I can't eat an hour after. I hate that. It's like so annoying. You That's a very large span of time that you can't eat. Can't eat two yeah. hours before taking it. Can't eat an hour after. And uh, the, the drug trial that doesn't happen, um, it's just like two pills in the morning, two pills at night. Um, but, uh, I didn't want to do the Radicava way, the Adoravarone, the one, the, the infusion. Yeah. It just felt like there's, this is a lot, this is yeah. a lot. And there's not much research behind it that really shows that it's going to improve, you know? Yeah. That's what I asked uh, my neurologist if I could get on that one. And he did not recommend it because, um, yeah, of how intensive it is. So there's a doctor out of North, was it North Carolina? Mm -hmm. um, he, we, we were at a symposium. We were, well, we weren't at a symposium. It was a Zoom symposium, whatever. <laughs> and uh, the ALS symposium of last year, whatever it was. And he was on there and we asked a question about that. And his take was, he was more looking at the gut, right? To, yeah. So his study is uh, uh, for there's an active study right now for thermocumin. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what he was looking at. And we asked him the question and he was kind of like this eccentric kind yeah. of doctor. Dr. Richard Bedlack. I just looked uh, up. His uh, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's cool one of those like, you know, he's a little crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, I like kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, look. The Edoravarone, the Radicava, whatever. I think there was two studies done in Japan and men at the age of like 50 and 60 years old or whatever it was that took that drug 
and it was like inconclusive or maybe some extended life. I'm like, to go through all that hassle and yeah. super expensive to, yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Um, yeah, it was more like a, a quality of life. It's a quality like of life Like we had a thing. conversation about it and we were very clear from the beginning. And, no. um, because it felt like a quality of life was yeah. going to be just you know the suffer rather, the rather is also annoying a little bit but it's not that bad uh, um so i was like all right it's fine um but yeah no i totally get it for you especially if you got pregnant it totally makes sense mm-hmm. but no plans uh, um on anything else right now just to... no because, because you said it hasn't spread all right that's why right yeah yeah so i just want to just take it day by day and see what happens i mean i definitely there's i go through times of thinking that i will do it but it's one of those things where I don't know. I'm just, I'm just scared to tip the equilibrium. I'm just scared to do, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. another example of how everybody is, even in this disease itself, everybody is going through different things. Like for me, um, I'm willing to try, I'm willing to be a lab rat. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, to a certain extent, yeah. I'm not going to do something like that. Drug and that's I think, been around and that I think really if, doesn't show if, anything. if in your, situation was similar to Ali's where there was almost like a right you've reached like this kind of like plateau, plateau where it's like you're not seeing then you're like changes. you know yeah. let's not i'll you know alter whatever is is going on here but yeah i know I oh sorry go no, ahead. no no go ahead go ahead um going back to what you were saying about being a lab rat i feel like i can definitely empathize with that too because i've had to do so many different tests and studies and sometimes when I see people who have not had to experience that I'm I don't know I I don't know if resentful is the right word I'm just like oh you're so lucky that you have not had to be pricked by a thousand needles all the time or like had to do all of these things it's just like once you get to a certain level you just become so comfortable with doctors where you're just like yeah do whatever you need to do I I don't I don't care at this Mm -hmm. point just do you, are you currently with a with a, a team? Like no. have I no? mean I there's a neurologist at Vanderbilt. He actually just retired. He's the neurologist I was working with, but I go so infrequently. I only okay. go maybe um once every two years. I oh, was okay. I was going very often at the beginning and then I went and got a second opinion at the Mayo Clinic. Um but and then I tried I got a wrong diagnosis. I tried this intravenous um mm-hmm. thing that wasn't covered by insurance. I had to fight the insurance company. And basically I just kept getting into more medical debt and not getting anywhere with the diagnosis. And so I, I, that. I gave up. Yeah. Yeah. I, my experience with the, the UMALS team, which for the most part, they've been, mm-hmm. they've been good. Um, their billing department is another story, but um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that they would do, and I wanted to say this because I feel, and I think you would, you would totally, you would, you, you totally get it is that they would meet every, what, what am I meet? I was supposed to be meeting three every months. three or four months. Mm-hmm. And one of the frustrating things I would experience was with either family or friends or like, how did that, how did that doctor's appointment go? Yeah. Now, these doctor's appointments. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Good. So yeah. these, she gets it. Yeah. These doctor's <laughs> appointments are the whole team. So the whole team sees me, but I'm basically just a lab rat. Yes. I've talked about this in a blog post before. Yeah. I, I just, I really, I think, yeah, there's like, there's just a very different 
like you're not experiencing medicine, you're experiencing research. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, that's yes. such a good way to put it. That is like a very different experience. Yeah. I would you've never been part of that. You don't like, yes, people are like, what happened at the doctor's appointment? Yeah. Or how, how did it go? go? <laughs> what the fuck you mean how did it go? I was <laughs> They, they try to see if I can, you know, oh, lift your leg up. Okay, that's a four plus, four minus. Turn your neck. Oh, that's a five. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. um, so I get that. I do those appointments. And then I also have every once in a while, because of the drug trial, I have to go in to do that. They do blood work. Like I said, they did the lumbar puncture. They also do, it's a weird machine where they test your strength. Um, and she takes data down. I also do, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's more for the, for the Healy platform for the, the, uh, the drug I'm doing, um, a speech vitals. I have a machine that I, uh, have to read sentences every, uh, twice a week, twice a week, mm -hmm. uh, read sentences, make loud, you know, just go ah in it, like literally to see. And it, it's something they're experiencing with to see, um, like you said, research, of how is this spreading or how fast it's going it's a weird experience and so when people ask me oh how did it go or i hope it goes well i'm like what do you <laughs> it's not gonna go well people think you like go to the doctor to get better yes that's not what we're doing what least. i would what i would say that was which i don't know if you've tried this before especially if someone close to you keeps saying that be like how about you take me i want uh, you to take me so mm -hmm. my father took me last time so he got to see it and I go, here comes the lab rat part. The doctors come and they're like, all right, da, da, da. they do this. The best part I like is when I see my physical therapist because I love my I love my physical therapist. I think he's great. I think that's the I haven't gone to physical therapy in a while uh, for the past couple months because of not two months. It's been month? like three weeks, three weeks. Yeah, really? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been a month. Yeah. It, well, you I enjoyed it. it. I miss yeah. it because <laughs> just like you were you, you like you said, you would go work out uh, um, and stuff. Physical therapy, going to physical therapy and doing the little exercises was like my, it was my mental workout. I know I'm not doing something crazy. I know I'm just trying to maintain something, but it made me feel good. I get out of there most of the time. I get out and I'd feel, oh, that was good. I did it like a, you know, I did something. I did a little exercise here. I, you know, they have like a, like a balance board and it's like a game and, and I enjoyed it. I, and I would enjoy the, the physical therapist and we'd talk and we'd joke and we'd laugh. And I haven't done that in three weeks. And I see the effect that it has happened to me emotionally because I've lost that experience. You've experienced this too, where they ask the same fucking question like six times in the same meeting. Did you get that too? No. No, because I'm. I oh, that's right, because you haven't been going. Yeah. Yeah, no, doing, yeah, no one's even really asking me questions at all. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, man! They asked me the same question. Like six times. Yeah. Right? Oh no, my favorite was this was the the meeting before the one your dad took In you February. to this last time. Yeah. The one before. And again, this is a scheduled through every three to four months. They know I'm coming the in. The two the first two doctors that came in, one of them was new to meeting him and then somebody who the was like training. Was new to yeah, no, and oh, the other both... one was like training. But you know. So what brings you here today? Like, oh, literally, you fucking and I and, and I took a breath and I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let this sit for a little bit. So so, you know, what can we do for you today? And Jules literally has to say, well, um, you know, we do these meetings because I have ALS. And so it's like a check. And 
they said a couple more things to where I looked at them and I said, you guys, the way you're handling this right now is a little like tone deaf. Like it's hard to believe that you guys talk to ALS patients on a regular basis because what do you mean? Why are you here? How about, (laughs) Hey, you know, I, we haven't met before, so we'd love to hear a little bit about you. I have your record here. I see that this is that, 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 that. I, I, I couldn't believe it. So what brings you here today? Um, I'm not like at the dermatologist getting a mole checked. Like, Hey, I got this little thing here. Can you check? Oh my God. I was about to launch myself into you're going to, and then you get a bill from this shit. I'm like, (laughs) wait a second. You're getting information from me. You should be paying my ass. That's such a good point. At least pay for parking. I did an interview with a girl. Um, she's a resident. I think this was a few weeks ago. And she was asking me what my relationship, she wanted to know, she was writing for a medical journal and she wanted to know what my relationship with my doctors was, was like. And I asked her, I was like, the bedside manner is so bad. Whenever they're telling anything, anytime a doctor has to talk to me about ALS, I can, I get, we get a lot of, um, young people sometimes that are probably like not fully trained yet. Um, but no matter what it is, it's just, usually they're really bad. And so I was asking her, is there any class? I was like, of of course you probably get trained on this in medical school. Do y'all take some kind of class about empathy or like how you can talk to someone? (laughs) That no, that's definitely not how they get trained. Nope. I I can't, I can't understand how that's not a core part of the training. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I never, I didn't. That's like a footnote in one of their books. Like, hey, yes, and you should. You I know. was a bio major uh, in, in college. I didn't, you know, continue from there. I, like when I taught in high school was, I taught biology. I taught anatomy and physiology. I taught earth-based science and things like that. Um, I didn't continue, you know, education. But, uh, you know, at one point I thought I was going to be a vet when I was mm-hmm. teaching. I mean, when I was going to school, but then that was not what I wanted to do. Um, and so a lot of the, a lot of my classmates were pre-meds because we had the same classes. Cause that's a, it's a pre-med, uh, uh, set up, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, I stay, I stayed in touch with some of them that became doctors, a couple of them. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not, that's never been the focal point. They're too busy, busy trying to memorize things or study things or just go over stuff. So it'll be like, all right, now how are you going to talk to this person? You're like, that's not, that's yeah. not a core part of the job. It's yeah. most of especially the job. Especially when you're, especially <laughs> when you're handling. It's kind of like, sure, treatment. It's actually yeah, all of the job. All. Yes. It's, like you're, it's not like you're like. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, this also, this is another quick anecdote, but we were having this, this thing where he was getting, he was going to physical therapy twice a week for a while. And he was getting these calls like the day before the morning, every time for months. And he was getting confirmations. He was like, so I will get an email and they will call me. Right. It was like so much. And right under normal circumstances, you're like, okay, great. They're letting me know what it is. In one of the clinic visits, I asked the doctor, we, I said, is it possible since he's going on such a regular basis to tell them, like, put a little note on the computer that says, like, we're good. And the, what we got back was like, um, yeah, I don't know if we can do that. I was like, I'm pretty sure you can do that. I'm pretty sure. I, the funniest, like, the to fun- quote what you just said, Charlie, like, 
you're not giving me any cure. You're not doing it. Yeah. Again, I know it's not them, seems like but the seems like the, I, I literally said that I was like, this seems like the least that you can do is put a call to some sort of admin person to help make, or I'll call them. I don't mind, but you know, just make his life just a little bit more pleasant. And they did eventually. I, I, sort at, the, of. They at still, first they I had to, I had them. to like, no, the worst one was I was literally in physical therapy and I got a call of this and i thought the guy was right there and i'm i'm on the um, jesus i don't know what you call it you know those um um like those row pushers or like you no, where you where you're you're standing uh and there's two where you hold like where people try to learn how to walk again basically mm. where it's like the two pole and they mm-hmm. can elevate them i was on that uh working on my legs or something right um, cause that was always my focus. Oh, physical therapy is mostly lower body and occupational therapy is upper body. Um, and they literally call me and I'm standing on this thing and I pick it up and I answer it and I make sure I say it really loud. I'm literally in physical <laughs> therapy and you're calling to confirm for Thursday. Are you kidding me? And then they didn't even know what to say. I didn't even hear anything. I was like, Oh, I'm going to hang up. And I, and I go to, they knew me. I would walk in. They're like, Hey Julian, how you doing? And it's like, I, the whole hospital knew me because yeah. I was going twice a week to the yeah. point, even during COVID when, when, um, like I mean, right when they opened up, right when not, they opened, yeah, after, not, after a while they opened up, right. They opened up and, and Miami's been freaking ground zero on both times now with a Delta variant and all that stuff. But, uh, at least at the UM hospital, it was open and, uh, Everybody knew me from the entrance. Like, I didn't have to do the crazy stuff that they do for random people to go in there. I literally just walk up. They don't ask me questions. They're like, oh, hey, here's your, here's your new mask. Hey, walk in. Yeah. I'm right. Re- <laughs> like, I'm working there. That's how much I was going. And I'm like, why are you calling me? Yeah. Especially when I'm already here. Yeah. And everybody said this so many times. And I, go, and, I, and I tell the guys in front, because sometimes those guys I will call. And I go, you know not to call me. He's like, no, we have a note for you that we don't call you. We know you're going to show up. <laughs> so... And, and, but there's, there's different teams because, you know, yeah, it's a lot of this, a lot of this crap that we, that, that, uh, is frustrating is administrative BS. A lot, a lot of, of it. The, I don't know. This is always stuck with me at one of the first, I think at the first visit I went to with you, one of the challenges we faced was because, um, Ali's symptoms were just in her arms. It was really difficult to get a diagnosis for a long time. Yeah. And when you don't have a diagnosis, you can't get medicine. Insurance is turning you down for treatments. You can't apply for disability. Yeah. And then she was in a place where she was like, look, I can't safely drive to work. Yeah. yeah. But I can't like ask for accommodations. I can't apply for disability. And <clears throat> So her doctor, who, who's, you know, probably about the age of our parents, like in the one who late, just retired. Yeah, yeah. So in his late sixties, early seventies was sort of going back and forth and, you know, doing that thing that doctors do too, where they try to like, they don't try to tell you what to do. Right. They're sort of like, well, oh, you, could yeah. do this, or you could do this or you could do that. Mm-hmm. And eventually I think we we're just sort of like, look, if she was your daughter, what would you do? Do you know what I mean? Like, just, just talk to us like a human for a yeah. second. Like, just just try to mm-hmm. show empathy and what would you do if you were in our shoes? And he was like, if, if you were my daughter, I would diagnose you with ALS. And I would I would tell you, like, take the diagnosis, take the medicine. That was when you got the Rhinos, I think. 
Oh yeah. He was like, yeah. I would diagnose you with ALS. It was like, your life is going to be easier with the ALS diagnosis. So I would, I, just move on and I would, start doing. I would prescribe the Rylazol. Like that's what I would do if you were my daughter. Yeah. They're just like, then why are we doing all this bullshit? Yeah. Like if that's what, if that's what we should do, let's just do that. And I don't know. I think that's so much of. Did it change that, that moment? Yourself, that they see you as a human. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It changed. Yeah. It changed after that. After that discussion, do you feel or? I feel like he treats you. I mean, it's not like there's no like difference in the care you receive, but he's certainly much. He's much kinder. I feel like he yeah. has to see pictures of our kid all the time. Yeah, but I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever wasn't like that to yeah. begin with. Uh, I think that, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but. I know with the doctors that I've worked with, it just specifically at Vanderbilt, not at Mayo Clinic, um, they have, of course, they like know me. Um, they, ours are actually like very empathetic to me because I'm a young mom. And so they, you know, they're used to dealing with patients that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And so to have a, a girl that they saw first started seeing when she was 25 years old, yeah, you know, I have a special place in their heart. Yeah, I um, I'm one of the few mm-hmm. that is young there. That's why, like, their therapist. I don't use their therapist because he, she deals with a lot older people, and she ended up retiring, mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, but she was super old, and when I first talked to her, I was like, "This is not the woman for us." Well, uh, our therapist <laughs> right now is old too, but he just no, I know, you know but yeah, but we yes, work we work well with him. It was just we there wasn't well, chem- any chemistry but there. There was no <laughs> chemistry with her, and it was like this woman is completely clueless, and it's like. Um, uh, what of what's going on here um because but she, i'm sure she's great with older people where their lives have they've lived their lives so yeah i'm yeah no they know and and the doctors the main doctors that we deal with yeah. our relationship has, has has improved yeah um for sure um but you know but still like those appointments still suck there's they're just yeah. research yeah. appointments for them mm-hmm. so like what's going on what's what's changed <laughs> it's one of those you know um but uh and as for that trial i think i'm there's only two people that they're dealing with in the whole entire trial with this drug in in at least at um i don't know if if it's just in in general yeah well the um, healy platform the trial is in a lot of different it's places mayo, it's from the mayo clinic i think so if I'm, so i'm not 100 percent, but i think it is yeah i thought that they said that hmm. but anyways <laughs> oh. well it was great to talk to you guys and yeah. uh, great talking we, to you. we would love to uh you know maybe like we were saying like find a way that we can all get together and somehow i think we should for sure i think we, I, we we were in south florida this summer we went to fort lauderdale earlier but i wanted to tell you guys that the other girl that i've been talking about christina the one with the, with the similar symptoms she actually just moved to Miami. And so we saw them when we went to Fort Lauderdale, we went out with them and got drinks and dinner. Um, Cause don't y'all live there? Y'all live in Miami? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, all it would take is for us to come down to Miami. And so yeah, we I, lo- I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love it. Yes. That would be amazing. For I really sure. think that's the next step is for us is now that things are opening up a little bit is to make it a point to connect with people like you and, you know, just be together because it's just so comforting to have conversations where you don't have to explain all the things like you just know, right? Yeah. And there's a different level of like, yeah, like you get me. <laughs> like I yeah. feel so like 
Ah, seen and um, yeah. I noticed your hat there, that Philly's hat. Disgusting. Oh, fighting I'm words. A Mar- I'm a Marlins fan, so. I thought you were from New York City. I'm in New York, yeah, but I, yeah. Um, I lived in Philadelphia for five years after college. Yeah. Um, and there's something, I don't know, it was like, it was like moving to a. In New York, when I was growing up, it's like I don't know, like the Yankees won the World Series. It wasn't even like nobody even really in the city like cared. Like because there's like, seven so million there's people so there. <laughs> so I was in Philly when they won the World Series in 2008, and it was so cool because it was just like uh-huh. time stood still. Um, <laughs> so I just I've been a Philly sports fan ever since. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> Well, thanks again, you guys. And it would be a pleasure <clears throat> to have you back on the podcast if you yeah. if you feel like it. Um, we can come up with lots of other interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah, yeah. we love it. Not I just mean, with us, but we in general. We just do a Zoom and have a couple drinks over Zoom. That's yes, too. that too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. For sure, yeah. for sure. That was so, 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 so wonderful. It was. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting ALS. By the way, we always have links in our little like um, podcast, podcast comment. comment. Not the comment. Not the comment. With the, the thing, ex- whatever, the, the, the description, description box um, with some links for where you can donate um, a couple of organizations. So if you feel called, go ahead and support. Make sure you listen to the next one. I love you, my darling. I love you too, baby. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. (laughs) And see you later. Bye.